John, it's been nearly a month since the uh, uh, Wizard World comic book convention. Uh, and the new episode that w- in- contains interviews you guys took at it, including of, you know, a certain fan who shall remain, remain name of me, um, is, uh, uh, it's not up yet. And yet you've got, you've got like the, uh, San Diego one, like up, you know, the week after San Diego, which, you know, what, you like them better than us, huh? Like, well, of course, then again, you had like the Shimers and the Tilio and, uh, so, uh, well, why? Why no new episode, huh? Why? 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 You lazy? Well, I'm just as lazy, so, hey. Look forward to it. Get it up eventually, please. By popular demand, back from vacation, and with a new website. Take it away, Lou! You are listening to Master's Cast. Master's Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 20 for August 27th, 2006. Welcome to Masters Cast. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Just a Lion Court, also known as Just Lion Court. And I'm Katie Carty, also known as Rainbow Bright. How's everyone doing this week? I feel like crap. Oh, you have a <laughs> Rainbow Bright has a cold. I have strep throat. Oh, but that's I'll live. always a bummer. Hey, at least you did not get the strep throat while in. Wizard World Chicago, which is where two of us were last weekend. That is correct. Yes, damn you both. <laughs> I wish I had been there. Would have been fun. It was a blast. I would have been very upset if I had been sick while I was there. It was a lot of fun. And actually, a lot of people have mentioned that the convention floor was a little bit boring. You know, there wasn't as many there wasn't as many vendors there this year. There was a lot of empty space. But I actually found it to be more fun because they actually had at the Sony booth, they had PlayStation karaoke, so <laughs> there was at least something for us to do. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, a little too much fun with that. They were probably going to get sick of us uh, continuing to get in line over and over again, but uh, <laughs> hey, what, can, what can you do? I actually. Bought, what did you guys sing? What well, did you guys say? Let's not mention one of them, but I oh, sang. Oh come on! <laughs> I sang. I sang Bowling for Soup, nineteen eighty-five. And Katie sang Material Girl, so that was that was fun. Adam Tyner, who you'll, you'll remember from back in the day, uh, he sang, what was it, Ace of Spades? I don't know who sings it, though. Yeah, I don't either, but it was awesome. It's time to hear from you, the fans. Here are your voicemails for this edition of Master's Cast. Want to have your voice heard on Master's Cast? Go to www.masterscast.com and click on Submit Your Voice. And now, your voicemail. Hey guys, it's Prince Adam 23, um, otherwise known as uh, TJ, for the record. Um, I'm probably leaving you with a bit of useless uh, trivia here, but um, Alan Oppenheimer did not. Uh, quit doing voiceover work after uh, Masters of the Universe. Um, if any of you have ever watched the never-ending story, keep a close listen to the voice of Falcor. Um, 
that's that's Alan Oppenheimer, yeah. Um, but that's not the point of this uh, this voicemail. Um, I just wanted to say it's great that they're re releasing the Secret of the Sword. I mean, I watched you know the five episodes of Shira and then the actual. Uh, release of the, the the movie, you know, the full fledged movie, and I stumbled upon that when I was um, coming home from school. Uh, I was watching uh, USA's Cartoon Express. Um, that was an interesting uh, set of programming. I mean, you had Voltron, you had GI Joe, you had He Man. Um, and I was just impressed that um, USA was making its attempts at uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Um, I came home from school one day and mom had it on. I mean, of course, I loved to every day I came home to watch He-Man and She-Ra. And I saw this episode where He-Man was crossed over with She-Ra, but I thought it was She-Ra, you know, it was a, it was a He-Man episode. I had no idea until the episode came on afterwards that it was the beginning of She-Ra, Princess of Power. I was stoked. Um, I'm a bit sad that uh, we didn't see any She-Ra characters in, in He-Man, although we did hear bits and pieces of the, the She-Ra music in season two. Hey guys, it's Rob again, just calling back from your uh, San Diego show. I had a blast meeting everybody down there, especially Katie. First time I got to meet her. It was great. Um, I just wanted to say a few things. I thought Real Blast Action was pretty cool. I love it. I'm going to definitely buy it. Um, I like Screech. I'm not sure why we're getting evil in again, but hey, whatever. Screech is cool. Um, Lou and Erica were just great to meet again. I met them last year when they came down for He-Man, and that was fun. And uh, also the dinner was awesome, especially going to the bar afterwards and just hanging out with everybody. And then, like as Katie said, it was just great talking about He-Man. You know, she couldn't believe we were doing it. Uh, it was pretty fun. And um, thanks to uh, Shadow. That's right. Thanks to Shadow for the uh, Master's Cast shirt I got. I'll be sure to be wearing it. Later. We're going to have a lot of fan interviews that we did at Wizard World later in the show, so stay tuned. But the focus right now that we're going to turn to is something we didn't get to review yet uh, that came out a few weeks ago, and that would be the best of She-Ra, Princess of Power, two-disc DVD set released by BCI Eclipse. We love them. Yes, we do. We love I'm them. I'm uh, now under the banner of Ink and Paint, which is a uh, subdivision of BCI we should probably mention. Yeah. So the best of has, of course, The Secret of the Sword, which is the first five episodes of She-Ra edited with a little bit, some different scenes into a movie. And then disc two is the best of She-Ra, contains Of Shadows and Skulls, Sweepy's Home, Horde Prime Takes a Holiday, The Stone and the Sword, and The Price of Freedom as the five best episodes of She-Ra as chosen by the fans. Now, what did everyone vote for? Do you guys remember what you voted for as your favorite episode of She-Ra? Or the best episode of She-Ra? Well, yeah, actually, um, four of the five I voted for ended up on the disc, which was nice. Um, Lucky, I voted, but... Yeah, I voted for Shadows and Skulls, Sweet Bee's Home, 
the price of freedom and the stone and the sword. So, not bad. Well, I, I don't oh, go remember everything I voted for, but I know two that I did vote for that did not make it, which I'm very upset about, are... Crap, and the name just left me. Um, Flowers for, for Hordak, Hordak was one of them. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yes, Flowers for Hordak and Huntara. I was very upset that neither one of those made it. Tear, but I guess I can wait till the season sets. Uh, I definitely voted for the Stone and the Sword, of course, So, and it made it as number two. Understandably, Price of Freedom being voted in as number one. A lot of He-Man and She-Ra crossovers, actually all of these are He-Man uh, crossover episodes except for the stone and the sword which is why it stands out beautifully on the set <laughs> takes a holiday mm-hmm. is it crossover yeah it's got skeleton uh, josh it has he-man in it it has skeletor in it i believe okay. the it's sorceress it's been a long time since i saw that episode so see the folks, other ones i know josh doesn't do his research before he just flies on the set uh, yeah 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 the podcast <laughs> I don't really like that episode, so I have not gone out of my way to watch it yet. So, well, let's <laughs> all right. Let's start off with the regular edition packaging. It's it's really awesome. It has, of course, the embossing. It's very colorful. Not a lot of pink, just enough. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, BCI, for continuing to do the embossed covers because obviously for me that is an excellent uh, excellent feature and uh, very very happy. And it's kind of you know interesting because like on this one we've got Shira on the front. The She-Ra cartoon started after I lost my vision, so I never really knew what the characters were drawn like. So this gives me a little bit better idea, which is oh, kind of cool. Nice. I never thought about that. Now, She-Ra standing in the middle, and the new rendition of the She-Ra Princess of Power logo is at the top. Love the new stylistic rendition of the logo. It's still in the classic style, but it's like pumped up more. Yeah. It has the power. <laughs> then we also and I like all oh, the sparklies going off everywhere, even if they're not glittery, you know, but they're they're close enough. They look cool. Yeah, it might have been a little too intense if they had the holographic glittery sparkles. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, we also see Mantena, Shadow Weaver, Hordak, Glimmer, Cal, Bo, and Queen Angela on the cover. So that's really good. On the back, we have some screenshots. The Rebellion, He-Man, She-Ra, Hordak, She-Ra on Swift Wind. Going inside, some more fun screenshots and information. Then we got two big photos, one of She-Ra, one of Hordak, and then another one of She-Ra in front of the Crystal Castle, just like the cover, but without the words and and the other characters. Disc 1 has She-Ra on it. Disc 2 has Hordak. Um, The backgrounds are um, of, you know, the Whispering Woods and then Hordak's, you know, throne room, all that fun stuff. Uh, like always, there are two art cards in the set. So we've got number one of eight and two of eight. Uh, number one is by Brandon Peterson, and it's of Shira and Katra duking it out. And Lukey's in the background. You can just barely see him, which I think is adorable. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. They're just like, rah! They got the angry faces on and the sword. and You know, it's pretty cool. And number two is by Joe Chiodo. Mm-hmm. And it is of Catra. Or Kyoto. Kyoto. Did we decide that's how it's said? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's Scorpia and Frosta. And Luki's in this one, too. I didn't even notice that until now. That's awesome. Um, and, yeah, they're looking like they're about to duke it out, too. But they don't have the angry faces on. They're just kind of looking at each other like, come and get it. So, yeah, I think they're pretty cool. 
And now there's also another actual edition of the Best of She-Ra, which is a Secret of the Sword variant edition that is available on He-Man.org and was available at Wizard World Chicago, limited and numbered. A thousand copies are only available, so you definitely want to pick one up. There are only you know a few remaining uh, left for fans to pick up, and Katie is going to give you the 411 on this edition. Yes, and <coughs> pardon me. I don't know if you've just mentioned the shadow that they're numbered. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you did say that they're limited to a thousand, um, but yeah, they each one is numbered on the back. I've got number nineteen. So I have I number eighteen. Special. I know it's about cool. Um, so yes, on the front of this, the the cover art is more reminiscent of the old movie. Um, crap, movie what? <laughs> movie poster, poster? and comic. <laughs> Movie okay, the cover of this one is more reminiscent of the old movie poster and comic that went with Secret of the Sword. Uh, it's got He-Man and She-Ra on the front, both raising their swords, and then we've got Hordak and Mantana off towards Castle Grayskull, and Skeletor and Shadow Weaver off towards the Crystal Castle. And this one does have definitely more pink on it than the other, but I think that's awesome. But but it's like a, a <laughs> it's like a muted pink. It's it's a very yeah. it's a darker pink. It's got more like a salmon coral kind yeah. of color to it. That's so. fine with me. Okay, so you can deal with that. Yes, and the actually, purple isn't killing you. No, that's perfectly <laughs> fine. Love it. <laughs> I need a poster. Yes, yep. I. Agree. We're embossed on this one because I don't have this copy yet. Oh, He-Man and She-Ra are both embossed on this one. Very nice. As well as the Little Secret of the Sword logo at the top. Uh, On the back, similar to the other, we've got three screenshots from the different episodes and so forth. Um, On the back of this one, we've got He-Man and She-Ra around the special features and so forth. Inside, more screenshots, the summary. Uh, We've got the big shot of He-Man and She-Ra. Like, on the very front cover of this DVD set. It's He-Man and She-Ra with their swords pointing outward toward the corners. On the inside, it's got He-Man and She-Ra with their swords crossing in the middle. So it's really, really cool. And you still got Castle Grayskull and the Crystal Castle in the background with like a big sparkly circle thing going around them. And then inside, there's He-Man and She-Ra and Swiftwind. And you've got the uh, Shira's sword right in the middle and it's kind of glowing so they're both looking at the sword in the very middle of the set before you open it up uh, and then the discs are the same they've got he- uh, sorry Shira on one and Hordak on the other and I believe the background art here is the same um, actually no it's uh, different is it okay oh I see this is the whispering woods behind her what's behind him this is just more of the fright zone it looks like Oh, I see. I've got my thingies covering up the rest of it. Okay, yeah. So we've got Whispering Woods behind her and more of the Fright Zone behind him. Um, And the art cards that come with this set are different as well than the original set. Uh, We've got one here by Emiliano Santalucia. And it is very, very, very cool. It's basically got all the good guys from She-Ra on it. And I would try to name them off, but I'm not as familiar with Shira characters as I am with Ivan, and I wouldn't know them all. You can mention, though, that there are some rare ones out there, like Tall Stars on there and, yes. and stuff like that, uh, characters that you haven't, uh, that didn't get a lot of episode play. Yes. So I was very, very pleased with this one. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And the other, I uh, Nathan, oh no, how do you say his last name? Birch? 
That's what it looks like to me. He goes by Bina on the board. Very nice guy. And Emiliano is as well. I got to meet both of them this summer at these conventions. So, yeah. Kudos to them. Uh, but his art card is of Glimmer and Queen Angela. And they're both just kind of close shots. Queen Angela's flying up behind Glimmer. And Glimmer's got her staff up. Um, just very powerful. I don't know. Just really, really good shot there. Like, really well done artwork on both of these. But I think so, that's it. Shall we delve into the secret of the sword quickly? We shall. Now, disc one uh, is the secret of the sword, and we, we, we really want to do an episode centered on the secret of the sword at a later date. So we're just going to cover this kind of quickly. But the secret of the sword is, of course, the first five episodes of Shira. That's how this was originally written. It was written as five-part episodes. It wasn't written as a movie. But Filmation decided to edit it throw in a little variation on some scenes and call it the secret of the sword and put it out in theaters. So they had a nice big premiere and everything. And it was actually re-released uh, in theaters. We actually had a show about that when it was re-released into theaters. But anyway, it's she origin thoughts, concerns, complaints. Now these were all written by Larry Dottilio, except for one, right? Yes. Yes. The episode Shira unchained, which would be when Shira or when Adora actually becomes Shira and has a lot of the magna beam in it. That was written by Bob Forward. Okay. Now, yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's the film. It's the Sacred of the Sword. We've we've all seen it. It's been very well restored and and uh, a very well-written series. It had a very well-written uh, origin story for She-Ra. If we're going to do an entire show on it, I guess there's not a lot more to say than that, except that this uh, release does have a commentary track with... Lou Scheimer, Erica Scheimer, Scheimer uh, uh, Gwen, Wex, Gwen Wexler, that's right, uh, Alan Oppenheimer, and I think that's it, Larry, uh, Larry Tilio, <laughs> of course, um, and that was, I, I got to listen to most of that, That was that's a very well done commentary, in fact, I think that's by far the best commentary we've gotten on any of the DVD releases to date, when you guys... Saw. I was completely happy with how the commentary track turned out for Secret of the Sword. Mm -hmm. I had some issues with commentary tracks on the He-Man releases in the past, but this one, they definitely knew what they were doing this time. I mean, it was really, really good. It was well done. It was great to have Alan Oppenheimer there, who, of course, is the voice of Skeletor, Man-at-Arms, etc. Merman. Yeah. And he breaks into a lot of those characters throughout the commentary track, yes. which is a lot of fun. And, of course, I mean, to have Larry Dottilio sitting there, he wrote basically the entire movie. Uh, so he's going to have the the information you want to know. So definitely. And he does. He does give us a lot of uh, little tidbits and things that uh, I don't think the fans, at least not most of them, knew before this. So that was, yes. That was really fun. There was definitely some, oh, really, to that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. New Interesting. But we're not going to tell you what those are, folks, because you have to go buy the best of Shira in stores now. <laughs> and remember, this is the only way you're going to be able to get Secret of the Sword. Yes, Season 1, Volume 1 will have the first five episodes, but it's not exactly the same. And let me also just throw this out there because I can't resist any more than you could on uh, your appearance on the San Diego Comic-Con uh, documentary. I got a little shout-out in the commentary track, which was very cool. Yes, you did. Mr. Oh, Mr. Right. Famous over there. <laughs> so, thank you, Lou, and everyone who was involved in the commentary track. It was it was neat hearing uh, 
you know, being mentioned on that, and I was very flattered. So thank but you yeah. very much. So we definitely want more commentary tracks. Thumbs up. If I was Ebert. <laughs> so moving on to delving into really the best of Shira, according to the fans, and I'm one of them. So I'm definitely opinionated. But let's go on to the episodes number five of Shadows and Skulls. Now, real quick, what happens in this episode is basically Shadow Weaver's ticked off at Hordak. She joins forces with Skeletor. It backfires. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> I love this episode. It is a really is good episode. Al- this has always been one of my favorites. It's it's a fun episode. Nothing really earth shattering happens in it. It's just a great story, and uh, and you know we get to see Skeletor kick some ass. So that's always a good thing. One of my favorite villains from either series. So. That's what I was going to say. I figured you particularly enjoy this. You know. Skeletor says a line, it goes something like, Hordak and She-Ra defeated in one day. I should come to Ethereum more often. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I knew you were definitely enjoying that little line. Definitely. It's, Skeletor is, again, one of, one of, probably my favorite villain from anything ever. And uh, yeah, I love this episode. I like how they paid attention to detail. She-Ra, after Adora runs into the cave and she turns into She-Ra, she has enough sense to realize she can't then come back out of the cave and be She-Ra. They would notice that. Adora goes in, She-Ra comes out. Right. Okay. Mm. If I recall correctly, and please correct me if I am wrong, but in the Mike Young show, Courage of Adam, I believe he does the same sort of thing. He goes into the cave, he changes into He-Man, but then he's still kind of there. And no one's the wiser. <laughs> I, it might be, a, he might have jumped down or something. I don't remember. But this was done a little bit better where she actually comes up from the other side of the mountain. So to surprise them. Yeah, there are quite a few times when Filmation was careful about the transformation sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think throughout both series, there there were a few occasions where they tried to uh, make it a little more believable, I think. Oh, okay. Now, this one, of course, we knew was going to make the set. We weren't sure what number, but if it didn't, we would have been like, what? No. (laughs) Number four is Sweet Bee's Home. Perhaps the most infamous She-Ra episodes (laughs) of them all. Yes. Now, this this really pushes the filmation limits, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Yeah. It does, but you know, it's it's a great episode. It's a fun episode. I hadn't seen this episode since I was a kid, so there's definitely um, some humor I think that goes over most kids' heads in this particular oh, episode. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and this one was definitely written for the adults watching the show, and it's it was very well done, very fun. And uh, one thing I'd like to note is cool. Erica Scheimer did some fantastic voice acting as Frosta in this episode. She oh, was her. She nailed those lines, you know. Yes. Especially with such handsome company, the, the you know the type of lines <laughs> like that where where she's flirting heavily with He Man. They were just perfect. They were very just well perfect. Done. One thing I didn't like was Enchant or Enchanta. What's her name? Enchantra. It's that stupid the bird. Swan? Yes, I'm not saying it right. Enchanta. like that. <laughs> Maybe I did say it right. I don't know. Anyway, I can't stand her. There's no reason they should have been riding that. 
<laughs> and I loved when I loved when she got shot and she made that like oh noise. <laughs> we can ride in Shanta. Yes. Bad shadow advocating animal cruelty. Yeah. And of course, I do always enjoy when Frosta uh, takes a hint from Iceman on the way she makes that little ice bridge to like travel around. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, she did that previously uh, back <coughs> in season one, which would be a black snow. She did that before. So that's pretty cool. You know, very cool mistake- too. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll I'll talk after you. I was just going to say I made the mistake of watching this episode on the plane on my way to, I believe, <laughs> Chicago. And like Josh had not seen it since I was a kid and was totally cracking up. And I think the people around me must have thought I was insane because <laughs> I had my earphones on. They couldn't hear what I was hearing, obviously. And just looking on the screen, they'd probably be like, it's a freaking cartoon. What's so funny? But it was, oh, my God, it's hilarious. Very, very funny. And you and in addition to Erica Scheimer's brilliant performance in this is for us to I, I John Irwin did incredibly well at playing off of her um with his lines as He Man, things that he didn't really get a chance to do a lot in in other episodes of, of either series. And that that's also Good a lot point. of fun. His his the the intonation he gets in his voice and his reaction to some of the things is is absolutely priceless. And the animation in this one, I thought was especially good. Their facial expressions. Oh, definitely, yes. The tiny little meticulous things they would pay attention to and and alter to go along with the inflection of the voice and all. I was very impressed. They did. I I think they pulled out all the stops. Yeah. All the stops on this episode. It is so much fun. I wondered if, did either of you notice, um, whenever uh, He-Man kind of falls on top of Frosta... They play this, like, um, music. They they don't really use it a lot. They didn't really use it a lot in the series. I can't remember whatever episode I remember it from. But it was kind of real, like, you know, it was really, like, it got you, it got them, like, oh, Frosta likes that heat, man, doesn't she? I didn't pay attention <laughs> to that. I'm going to have to watch it again now. Yeah, it was a very, like, sweet-sounding um, music. I, I really liked it. It was perfect. It was perfect for that scene. I don't think they actually used that bit of music a lot in the uh, in the series. Oh, funny. So, but that that was great. All right, number three, the big question mark we all have: Horde Prime takes a holiday. Thoughts? <laughs> don't friends. like this episode, so I don't really have a uh, a lot to say. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was always one that got on my nerves, and uh, I haven't rushed to reintroduce myself to it. Well, then I guess I'll take over the, the flagship, <laughs> if, it, if you will. Um, this, this plot centers around uh, Horde Prime. This is, this is why I think it was voted, because it has Horde Prime in the title. Yes. But in any case, Horde Prime has a, a warship called it. You know, it's his flagship, you know, in the, in the, in the thing. And he's going to have Hordak watch the ship for him. One thing I have to ask is why didn't Horde Prime just use the ship to destroy Etheria before? <laughs> I mean, so now he's going to give it, let Hordak watch it, but it tells Hordak he can't use it. But of course, Hordak's going to use it to take over Etheria anyway. But, you know, if this is the most powerful warship, why doesn't he just come and destroy Etheria out of the blue? But this is a cartoon. We'll, we'll, for, we'll forgive it. The, the flagship <laughs> is rather huge. You get to see it in the sky. It blocks out the sun, you know, all that time. It is, you know, it's not just it's not your regular old Hordak 
you know, ships in the sky. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely is going to be a big problem, you know, for, for our, our friends uh, down below in the Whispering Woods. Uh, some weird things in, in the episode. He-Man has a rope that has un- unlimited length that the sorceress just happened to give him. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people think, well, that since She-Ra can say sword to whatever, that's a little convenient. But this even goes beyond that to me. Yeah. That, that, oh, look, I just happen to have this rope that can reach all the way out into space. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's all right. The one thing about the rope, though, that it leads to He-Man actually holding the ship in place. And I like that because He-Man says to himself, he says... You know, he asks himself, lol, they call me the most powerful man in the universe. I guess we're going to put this to the test. You know, it's, it's, uh, I'm just paraphrasing there, but he says mm-hmm. something like that. So I really, really like that line. Yeah. That was good. Uh, if anything, the episode is worth it for that. <laughs> Shira goes up the, up the, up the rope. She ends up cutting the rope. And this is what I love too. Th- th- these are the lines that make the thing. When the rope falls back down to Etheria, He-Man says something like, Oh, I hope She-Ra knows what she's doing. And Swift Twin's like, She-Ra always knows what she's doing. <laughs> Be like, get that right, He-Man. You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> I actually own a production sketch from this episode. Um, oh, cool. Of Hordak and Multibot. And Multibot kind of was useless in this. I mean, really, so was Mantena. But if you're going to have Multibot, I think you should at least do something. <laughs> But. I just like any episode where Skeletor and Hordak get together and start either fighting each other or scheming together. It's just always funny to me, all, every single episode that that happens in. So that part of this episode, I really enjoyed at least. Very true. That, that's very true. But again, I I know uh, Josh has seen Huntara a thousand times and didn't think it needed to be on the set. But I would have put Huntara. Yeah. Yeah, least, I would have. Very I would have preferred Huntara. I mean, Huntara definitely much more deserved to be on. The, there's a lot of episodes that I think much more deserved to be on the set than this one. This is really the only one on the set that uh, I'm unhappy with. Yes, and surprisingly, it made it to number three. Yeah, I was very surprised by that as well. So you know, kudos to Horde Prime makes a ho- takes a holiday. You did it. You won number three. You're. The bronze medal Shira episode of power. <laughs> Moving on to a better episode, and my personal favorite. Number two is The Stone in the Sword. In this episode, Adora can't turn into Shira. Which makes Shadow really, really happy. It makes me really happy because she's Adora for most of the episode. <laughs> Has some really good scenes, though, guys. First off, you got mm-hmm. you have Hordak saying, "Horrible Hordak headed a herd of hideous swordsmen." <laughs> I need to make that my ringtone on my cell phone. <laughs> but anyway, there's a, there's a real good scene when after Adora ch- does change into Shira at the beginning, she goes up like on a mountain cliff thing, and she's ready and willing to fight Hordak's doom balloon. Um, <laughs> but what's great is is that Shira's actually losing. She is fighting, but you can tell she's she's struggling against Hordak's new weapon. And I mean, it's really coming down. It's burning the forest. You know, all that, you know, ooh, Whispering Woods is going down. Smokey <laughs> the Bear, not happy. <laughs> but She-Ra loses. She's thrown down. By the time Cal gets over to her, she is turned back into a Dora and the jewel in her sword. 
is cracked. And seriously, talk about like a cliffhanger. If this episode had been a two-parter, that's where you would end it. Yeah, if this like, would have been yeah. an excellent episode to be a two-parter, yes. actually. Oh, it would have been fantastic just to have that l- the last scene be, well, then I can never become She-Ra again. Yes. To be continued. Dun-dun-dun. That would have been an excellent, excellent episode. Yeah, seriously. Does the problem with power have suspense like that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Stone in the sword. Thumbs up on the suspense there. I I really like the voice acting, too, that Melody Britt did when she was trying to turn into She-Ra. Before she noticed it was cracked, she's still trying to turn into She-Ra, and she's saying, for the honor of Grayskull. You know, usually her voice changes right when she says, for the honor of Grayskull, before Uh she ever actually transforms. But in this one, her voice stays as Adora, saying that line, you know, a couple of times before she realizes it's not working. So I thought that was really cool, too. I like that, too, because I like how she's like, even the second time she says it, she's like in a panicked mode yeah yeah so you know really really good voice acting from melindy Britt, and i think from um lou shimer too as light hope it's pretty good mm-hmm. uh but anyway she- shira has to go get her powers back or obviously so adora has to go through all these tests um down in the underdwellings of etheria and meet the first ones who are completely made of fire and that's a hot. She looks really hot when she walks through the flames. It's like a, it's like a perfect, perfect thing. Ah, uh, yes. Come on, Adora well. walking through the fire. That was awesome. That was awesome. Uh-huh. But um, in any case, it really shows how much Adora and Shira are kind of the same person. Like I believe it was even mentioned. It was mentioned in the. We'll get to the documentaries uh, in, in a little bit, but in one of the documentaries on on the disc, uh, someone mentioned how you know uh, Shira is just a Dora with powers, whereas Prince Adam is like aloof. He's not really the same as He Man, but Adora is kind mm. of. She's on the same line as she, as Shira is. But um, I actually do have a little complaint about the episode. Can you guys believe it? <laughs> Can There's you, not enough Adora in it. Can, no, can you guess what it is? <laughs> that she actually gets her sword fixed? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. What? Well, one thing, I wish it kind of would have explained more about the sword. Because <laughs> the first ones are able to restore her jewel, okay? But her power comes from Castle Grayskull. Like, the Crystal Castle isn't behind her until after she becomes She-Ra. So I thought, I don't know, I, I thought they could have went into more about the jewel or something. Well, I think this still kind of connects back to a theory that I've batted around for years, mm-hmm. that I think Etheria and uh, Eternia, intentionally or not, whether I don't think it was probably necessarily planned by the writers of the shows uh, or Mattel or anyone else, but... Um, you can. There's a, there's definitely a strong argument to be made that the that the two worlds are sort of mirror images of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on Eternia, you've got the the heroes in control. Um, on Etheria, you've got the villains in control. On Eternia, yes. there's a lot more magic and a lot less technology. On Etheria, there's a lot more technology and a lot less magic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things. You've got the the Crystal Castle, Castle Grayskull. Um, are sort of completely opposites. Grayskull's this real frightening, 
uh, edifice type thing, whereas Crystal Castle is this more beautiful looking and thing. Castle Grayskull, easily obtainable. You can get to it easily. Right. You can attack right. a Crystal Castle up in the sky, hard to obtain. Does Hordak right. you know, even know it's there? So there, there's endless argument, endless points that you can make to these two worlds being sort of um, deliberately mirror images of mm-hmm. each other. And, and in that case, um, I think you can argue that the first ones would be, you know, could possibly be some sort of uh, counterpart to the elders um, of Eternia. But in, in either case, I think that if you go with that, it's a lot easier to accept and explain away that part of this particular episode. Excellent, excellent points, my friend. <laughs> and let me also, um, just for a minute, go back a couple of steps because I couldn't quite get a word in there and I didn't want to interrupt you while you were finishing the description of the episode. But as far as the voice acting goes, totally agree on that. And again, just want to stress the fact that, that the the uh, the classic He-Man and She-Ra cartoons both had, if you compare them to really any other cartoon series of the 1980s, the acting was far and above uh, the vast majority of the other cartoons of that time. That has part, partly to do with the actors, partly to do with the writing. Um, you know, I, I realize that the animation was limited in these series, uh, but I think they made up for that so much in the acting and the writing. And uh, these, a lot of these episodes on, on the best of She-Ra and also on the best of the, uh, the He-Man show that we got last year show um show just really the the fact that these are in a whole other league when compared to things like transformers or thundercats or a lot of the other big shows of that same time period i of course completely agree with you how could i not (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's seriously it's it it is it's just um I, i really hate when when filmation gets panned for the use of stock animation I don't know. As a kid, I loved it every time He-Man punched the screen. I I loved it every time, you know, when I saw the transformation sequence. That's like everyone's favorite part. They throw that in the mm-hmm. episode five times, and I was a happy kid. I wanted more <laughs> well, the thing was, is it that too? You know, especially with the trans, the transformation one is the one that that always, you know, always has bothered me when people have complained about that being stock animation. It it it's stock animation, yes, but it's stock animation that actually makes sense. Yes. It's not mm-hmm. just something that they're reusing and reusing. They found a way of incorporating that into the mythos, and I think that was a very good decision on their part. Yes. And plus... So much so that they even did it in the 2000 show. Yeah. And it, Mike Young used stock <laughs> information for transformation. Yeah, and actually, I have a problem with that. <laughs> just because um, you, wouldn't, you obviously couldn't see it, but they would use this same background color. Most of the time when he'd be pulling out the sword and I thought they should just insert whatever background uh, they were at because actually the filmation would change the background that they were standing behind. A lot of times it would be She-Ra against this uh, greenish blue sky, but they did switch it up sometimes. So I like that. Plus She-Ra had a bigger budget, so there is less stock animation in it than He-Man. So Mm -hmm. plus it had all the He-Man stock animation to incorporate too. So right. But I guess we should get to the number one episode. Price of Freedom. 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 <laughs> they actually... Didn't, you guys wanted me to read the moral. 
We did. Go for it, Shadow. Hi, it's me, Lucky. Did you find where I was hiding today? If not, here's another chance. See me now? Here I am. In today's story, the villagers' homes were destroyed by fire. Fire can be a very dangerous thing, and it can hurt you. It can destroy your home. But you can prevent that. If you don't play with the matches or lighters, you won't get burned. Hee <laughs> hee. Bye now. See you next time. <laughs> You There's just you something like so damn funny about listening to you read that at that speed. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Not to mention just impressive. Yeah. And I wish, I wish that Lukey had talked that fast in the <laughs> series, because that would have shortened the amount of time that we would have to be tortured with that annoying voice. That's true. Well, I like Lukey, but beside the point... He drives me crazy. He's he is really about the only thing about She-Ra that I dislike. All right. Well, to me, again, you know, Orko, cool. Luki, not. All right. They they needed to make Luki more like an Orko-like character. I don't mind those types of comic relief characters if they're done well. And I think Orko was. I don't think Luki was. Unfortunately, I wish he had been because I like the concept of the character. I just don't like the way that he was written and portrayed, really. Well, he didn't really get enough play, really, either, besides just doing the morals at the end. Thank God. Exactly. Cowl was the one that got <laughs> to be the sidekick in the show. Yeah, and see, Cowl was cool. Cowl, Cowl was done like Orca, and those kinds of characters uh, are a lot more acceptable to me. I wonder who came up with the idea of Luki, like having a little character hide in every episode. I think it's genius. I Again, the concept's great. It was just he is annoying. <laughs> oh, All right, well, so back cute. to the episode. <laughs> For some odd reason, the best She-Ra episode starts off on Eternia. That's because Eternia rolls! <laughs> but in any case, you know, they find out, uh-oh, problems on Etheria. So He-Man goes to help. But this is what I like, right? He-Man gets in there, and this is, like, really showing, like, that the Horde is evil, cruel, unjust. The people hate them, and with good cause. What is that from? That's from one of the episodes. I don't know. I don't know. If I'm in with good cause. But what episode is that from? I just... <laughs> Moving on. The, wait, the Horde is evil, cool. Oh, that's from Secret of the Sword. Okay. Right before <laughs> She-Ra is uh, smacked around a bit, or Dora. All right, sorry, guys. I apologize. Um... So anyway, they're like, you know, throwing missiles, blowing up this village. It's it's really bad. It's really bad. They have to like get, you know, <laughs> they have to get the human out of the way. Um, but it just it just shows, you know, really how how the horde threat is so much different than Skeletor. Skeletor is not in charge of Eternia. Hordak is in charge of Etheria and he will burn down your village at the drop of a pin, you know. Boom, mm -hmm. it's gone. He will destroy everything in sight. And it just shows it's such a different fight, as we've mentioned before on Etheria than Eternia. They are fighting for their freedom. Again, going back to what we were talking about, the Mirror Worlds thing. Mm -hmm. Another mm -hmm. episode that really clearly illustrates it. Oh, yes. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, you know, of course, uh, Hordak's mad that, you know, Eternia's Golden Boy is back. So he's really going to punish, punish these rebels. And they get stuck in a, in a mountain cave. And it's falling apart. And She-Ra's upset because they think He-Man's going to be killed and everything. And she goes to, you know, find the rebels. But it's just, it's a really, it, it's an episode that really makes you think. 
Mm-hmm. You know, war, bad, not good. Um, and yeah, somebody though, should show this to George Bush. Like this particular <laughs> oh, now let's not let's not uh, single out our viewers or our listeners. <laughs> our listeners. Let's not you know. get into it. <laughs> let's not get into it. Sorry. Let's not. Get all right, into it. all right. But it has a really good speech in the episode. <laughs> Bob Forward, Bob Forward knows how to write his episodes. Okay, the the character, um, what's his name, Colin. He's he's like ashamed of everyone because they want freedom, but whenever the horde comes and attacks and, and the time gets tough, you know they're frightened. They're they're they they get scared and they're gonna want to run. But he explains to them, you're all just like listening to me in awe, aren't you? Yes, we are. He explains <laughs> to them, you know, that freedom is the most, the most valuable thing they can have. But it was a really, <laughs> really good speech. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Okay. Regarding this episode. Now, I agree. This is a great episode. I voted for this episode. It was one of the best of the series definitely deserved to be number uh, you know in the top five my question to you just interestingly and not not going to get into politics on this but do you think that the the current state of uh things in the world contributed to this making the number one spot because i think overall stone and the sword is probably the better episode and i found it really interesting that this one hit number one well I don't know. Uh, Price of Freedom has always been, you know, portrayed as the best She-Ra episode in the fan community for quite some time. I mean, Stone and the Sword has also gotten a lot of play. But I, I did remember a lot of fan reactions actually surprised that the Stone and the Sword made it as high as it That's did. That's interesting. So I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, because it always has, like, the problem with power has always been billed as the best He-Man episode. And Price of Freedom basically was always billed as the best Shearer one. And I think that probably played a, a large part into actually why it came. Is it because there's a war uh, that we're fighting right now? It it might have. Well, and some similar themes as to what's going on mm-hmm. in the world as well. So that's kind of what I was going for. And it may or may not have. I was, I was just a little bit surprised to see. I, I expected it to rank high, but mm-hmm. it did surprise me that it was number one. Because I think there are better episodes. It's an excellent episode. Don't get me wrong, uh-huh. but uh, but I was a little surprised to see it be uh, hit the number one spot. All right, shall we can tackle um, the the documentary real quickly? Also, there's a new documentary about the yes. basically kind of how Shira came about and all that fun fun stuff that I just love absorbing the information and soaking <laughs> it up. Ooh. Can I just mention real quick the best part of the documentary, and then we can get into what people say. (laughs) Go for it. Hands down the best part, Tom Sito, who I met in San Diego 2005. He was not there this year, sadly, because I would have asked him to do this, and I would have had a little (laughs) boom. I would have had a little boom box with me. (laughs) Tom Sito in the documentary comments on how... He used to hear a lot about kids and people actually like doing a little choreographed dance to the Shira transformation music. Okay? And then <laughs> cut to Tom Cito doing this little dance, this little like da 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 
da da da da da da da da da you know um to and then he said and then he says how they rotoscoped him for the for the Shira transformation sequence hands down the best the best part of this entire DVD I swear yes, I had to rewind it several times I was laughing so hard and joy I was just Tom Cito made my millennium watching that <laughs> now the question is did you do that dance as a kid Chad? no sadly I didn't <laughs> And you wouldn't admit it anyway, right? No, I don't. No, seriously, I actually, I don't remember ever doing. I don't remember doing any type of dan- dance like that, Chad. I did do a, a little like, um, I my mom videotaped me showing off all my toys, but no dancing, unfortunately, Aww. no dancing. <laughs> Next time we all hit a club, I'll bring the Shira transformation music. <laughs> we can do the Tom Cito dance. There we together. go. <laughs> But the wow. documentary is really great. We get a lot of information. Some of it that Larry Dottilio tells us is repeated in the commentary, but th- but that's fine because I need it instilled in my brain. Um, but we have like J. Michael Straczynski's on the documentary, Larry Dottilio, Lou Scheimer, Erica Scheimer, um, Gwen Wetzler, just a lot of people that worked on Shira. We thank them for participating. We hope to see you in more documentaries that focus on Shira. And they all say it Shira. They don't say Shira. They say Shira. Shira. They say Shira. Shira. On Shira. <laughs> but we forgive them. Also on the DVD ROM, we got scripts for the episodes in PDF format. So that's cool. I always like looking at the scripts. So anything else you guys want to add? Oh, oh, oh. I guess we should mention the I Have the Power music video feature ad is, is also on this disc. It was also oh, on the yeah. Christmas special. Uh, but it has a new storyboard uh, comparison and sheet music sing-along. Which actually isn't the sheet music for the music video version of the song. It's more for, oh, the, really? it's more for the, the movie version that's in the movie. But yeah. it's okay. <laughs> we we still... can't read sheet music anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can a little. Well, it's I was... It's been a while. I was first chair saxophone, but... That was a long time ago. <laughs> I can also mention um, the UK release. I don't know when it's coming out, but I've already seen the cover. And it's, it's excellent by Eamon, also known as Pig Boy. Digging the cover. It's, um, it has like a bluish background, She-Ra in the middle. You have the sorceress on it, and you have Hordak. Or not Hordak, <laughs> He-Man. Crystal Castle. Looks real cool. And so, the art cards are cool like, too. Yes, and the art cards are awesome. So definitely pick that up. I always I'm, I pick up the overseas releases too because I'm just that insane guy. <laughs> <laughs> but so all in all, we're all happy with the best of Shira set. Am I correct? Absolutely. And everyone needs to go out to Best Buy or wherever to buy it right now if they have not. Correct? Yes. Go buy it. Yeah. Support the brand. Support the series. Oh, dude. I don't know if you've got any statistics just on, off the top of your head, but didn't we hear that the sell, sales of this compared very well with the sales of the He-Man Best Of? Oh, yes. The release. She-Ra Best Of is doing extremely well. I think Good. everyone is definitely happy. Uh, She-Ra has not been forgotten, everyone. She-Ra has not been forgotten, and that is great. Yay! So definitely pick it up. Also, uh, in November... Shira season one, volume one will be out. And Josh, when does He Man season two, volume two come out? I believe it is September twenty. 
let's see, 20-something. 21st, so, is it? Whatever so, that Tuesday is. So around September, be looking out for that. It has an awesome cover, Skeletor, Evil Lynn, Beastman, and it's blue. It'll definitely stand out on the shelf. The She-Ra Season 1, Volume 1, uh, is slated for uh, uh, November seventh, 7th. Right, yeah. And uh, as it stands right now, it looks like the next wave of the mini statues will be in October. So the next three months are packed with Masters and uh, Princess of Power related stuff. Another filmation released by BCI is coming out this month as well, Black Star, which he is voiced by George DeCenzo, who does Bo and Hordak. And a lot of the little um, scene break transformations will remind you of of He-Man. Uh, so check it out if you want. It's um, 13 episodes. It's the entire series. It comes out uh, later this month in August, From also from BCI. Also, one other thing I'd like to add. I had meant to add this last time uh, and uh, didn't get a chance to. Uh, one thing that's really nice to see with the way that BCI has done these releases is there's, uh, for the filmation libraries, Lou Scheimer has gotten a lot of exposure again. People... Um, you know, a lot of recognition for, for his body of work. Um, he's been heavily involved in the extras and doing interviews and mm-hmm. getting things together, promoting it, coming to the conventions, all of that. And that's led to uh, a lot more recognition for him, even outside of these releases. He is also providing uh, extras material for the Filmation Star Trek series that Paramount is releasing in November on DVD finally as well. And I don't think... They would have bothered contacting him had it not been for his involvement in these Probably releases. Not. So it's really nice to see him getting more recognition. I totally agree. Lou Scheimer is the saint. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The man can do no wrong now. So thanks again, Filmation. Made our childhood the best. And by the Star Trek series as well. i can't wait for it i've been waiting to have this series for like 20 years so i'm really excited oh Um, i might pick it up i am going to um try to at least uh pick some of these up i really want to see the documentaries because they are so well done on these filmation releases remember a lot of the uh a lot of the star trek the animated series was written by the same folks that wrote for he-man and she-ra yeah so um, and a lot of those folks started out on the original Star Trek live action series back in the 1960s as well. So DC Fontana and et cetera, et cetera. And Lou Scheimer does some voice acting in the Star Trek, the animated series as Woo-hoo! well. <laughs> All right. Well, now getting to a special feature of this episode, Masters cast coverage of Wizard World Chicago, where He-Man fans go to have fun. And eat at hotel restaurants because we couldn't walk anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> One of these years, good. I'll meet you guys there. I will. <laughs> Sooner or later. We did have a really good turnout of He-Man.org members at Wizard World this year. Yes. Do you know the exact number that we had at I the dinner? I believe at the big dinner, we had 36 people. At the last awesome. count that I did at, at the dinner, we had 36 Uh, So, yeah, thank you to everybody who came out. Yes, it was awesome seeing all of you. It was great seeing everyone. I'm sorry if I didn't get to talk to everyone. I try to talk to as many people as I can. Um, It was a great time. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Thanks for making it a success. And thanks in advance for everyone you're about to hear that we got we interviewed. 
We interviewed the fans live <laughs> with a little microphone. All right, roll that beautiful footage. Okay, this is Katie Rainbow Bright sitting here at Rams with Jeremy Mossman, 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Now, Jeremy, you're at Harrod Wizard World Chicago for the how many at the time? Uh, hi. I have been here for since 2003. So. And what's the thing you look forward to most when you come to these conventions? Uh, good times, He-Man, exclusives, and my buddy... Yeah! Who's Moss Man? <laughs> so I'm assuming you got your copy of the She-Ra exclusive DVD, correct? Correct. And have you watched any of it yet? Oh, are we talking about the exclusive or the, or the, or the one that was at the stores? Well, since the video is the same on both, it's okay. One or the other. I got the 10 best. I'm still... I did Jeremy. I know. I know. I got the 10 best, but... You mean, you mean the 5 best? No, the 10 best. For Shira? Yeah. No, it's Secret of the Sword and then the 5 best. I don't watch that girl stuff. <laughs> I got that. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Now, have you gotten any exclusive He-Man figures, or not necessarily exclusive, but have you just bought anything He-Man related other than the DVD this year? Yes, I have bought the uh, the Series Three uh, Micro statues and the Evelyn mini statue. It is a mini statue, not a staction as you fans like to call. It is a mini statue. It says clearly on the package, staction is not a word. <laughs> that is a fair point. Well, I think that's all the questions I have for now. Thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you and I, um, I need a refill. <laughs> here for one of the few people who actually can say it. Awesome! Well, I just here wanted to ask you a couple questions about your con experience so far. Are you having a good time? Of course. Katie finally showed up. <laughs> I know. I make everything so much better, right? <laughs> Have you watched any of the Shira DVD yet? Watched the whole thing about a week before it came out. I was bad. Oh, that's right. You work for Best Buy, don't you? Little sucker. That's awesome, though. Um, which of the five would you say is your favorite episode? Actually, my favorite's The Secret of the Sword. Yeah, mine too. But I gotta say, Sweet Bee's home was... Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Not... Yes. Now I'm getting confused. Let's see, I forgot the name of the It's hilarious. Um, have you collected anything He-Man related other than the DVD so far this year? I actually yes. broke my neck a band and got the classic yes. Evil Lens action. Alright, good for you. And you like it? Yep. Good to hear. Well, I'll let you get back to the fun you're having, but thanks for stopping by. Have fun the rest of your time at Wizard World. <laughs> thanks, Katie. Okay, here we are at the MV Creations booth with a 
Uncle Dorco himself. Now, I think he's about to buy one of these variant cover Secret of the Sword DVDs. Is that correct? Yep. The uh, cover on this one looks more manly than on the other one, so I'm not going to be as uh, ashamed to own it. <laughs> now, do you actually own the other one as well? I own the, uh, yeah, I own the He-Man 10 best. That's all I can really afford right now. That's understandable. Do you think eventually you'll get the other cover of Secret of the Sword? No, I don't have that much, enough money to do that. And it's too pink for your taste? Right, there's that too. I suppose that's understandable for some of you crazy guys who can't get over yourself. But anyway, are you having fun so far at the con? Yeah, I just got here. I've only been here like 15 minutes, but yeah. What have you seen? Well, you've only been here 15 minutes. You probably haven't seen much of anything yet. But what do you expect to see or hoping to see? I just come here expecting to get free stuff and hang out with orgers, so... Sounds good to me. That's about what the rest of us do, I'd say. Now, do you have any questions for him, Shadow? Um, do, do you like your t-shirt, Uncle Dorco? Yes, I did. I like the t-shirt. Will you wear it proudly, Uncle Dorco? Proudly, but I'll wear it. I'll wear it. <laughs> All right, thanks for talking to us. Uh, thank you for talking to me, I guess. All right, I am standing at the booth with... Divya. She doesn't really want to talk to us, but I'm making her. Because uh, I'm not going to ask her any questions about Shira. That might go badly. But, but how are you enjoying the convention so far? It's fun. How fun is it? Not very fun, actually. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to bleep her out. Okay, well, maybe we should start over. All right, I am standing here with... Divya. And she doesn't really want to talk. Why is that? I don't know. Get that thing out of my face. <laughs> Are you enjoying the convention so far? We just went over that question. You had to bleep me out. Will you find the better How are you doing it? Well, you we need better questions. All right, I'm standing here with... Chuck Bowles. And what's your favorite He-Man or She-Ra episode? It was Batman in any of them? Sadly, no. We wanted a crossover, but they, they couldn't get the rights. Then none of them. Oh, he's a stickler for the Batman, folks. Are you enjoying the con? What? Are you enjoying the con? Where am I? Uh, you're, you're right by Shira. She's looking at you. Yes. Yes. Hey, that's hefty smart. <laughs> All right, I am here with... Hefty Smurf 76. And Hefty Smurf is a part of another podcast, is he not? I think I am. What would that be called, sir? Powers of Paternia. Yeah, that's right. Are you enjoying your con experience? I am indeed. I love it here. It's like Disney World for nerds. Favorite Sheer episode? Oh, God. Put me on the spot. Um, oh, I think I'm going to kiss your ass a little bit and say uh, Sweet Bee's Home. Oh, very good choice. Yes, indeed. I have ulterior reasoning for that, too. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> awesome. I'm here with... Gary. And Gary. Divya! Try not to sound too excited, Gary. Gary, why doesn't Divya like Shira? Because there's pink. It's true, there's too much pink. <laughs> if pink was removed from the show, Divya, would you consider watching it? If there was a lot of black, yes, and a lot of I would. I can't I print it. that. I doubt it because there's a lot of other pastel colors. Oh, how do you feel about other pastel colors, Divya? Yeah, I don't like them much. Why not? Did the Easter Bunny scorn you once? Not that I'm aware of, no. 
I'm sorry. Gary, what's your favorite Shira episode? The Stone and the Sword. Excellent choice. I'm now standing here with... Fred Patterson. And um, no talking about Lego, okay? I can't promise that. What, what, would, what would be the first Lego product you would put out in, uh, that would be He-Man related if you had the power? I do have the power, but not enough power, apparently. Castle Grayskull, for sure. And now, how many Legos would you estimate it would take to make a Castle Grayskull? John, John, a Lego bricks, please, not Legos. There's no such thing. I, I apologize. <laughs> You know, a nice Castle Grayskull can come in around about 1,200 bricks. Wow. With minifigures and everything. A little He-Man, a little Skeletor, little Battle Cats that can ride. <laughs> now, now you've, been a you've been around these parts for a long time, too, haven't you? Yeah, I guess. A little too long, probably. Now, what would you say is your favorite He-Man episode? Give me a second. I'm kind of small. Uh, not small. Dumb. That's the word I was looking for. Um... <laughs> The problem with power is a good one. What's the one where Adam has to do all sorts of stuff? Prince Adam No More. Prince Adam No More. I, I like that one, too. All right, man. How's your Comic-Con experience so far? Uh, it's been pretty uh, pretty extraordinary. That's about the best word I can use in a G-rated sense to uh, really wrap it all into a little ball. Now, are you still aware, Brett, that you owe me a slice of pizza? I think I owe you more than a slice of pizza, John, but I am aware. We shall maybe rectify this debt tonight. All right, thanks for talking with us. You're welcome. I love Masters Cast. I've always been a fan. I am standing here with Adam Tyner. Now, for folks who don't know, who is Adam Tyner? The man, the mystery, the legend. Uh, December 1995, I found a tape of He-Man episodes. Uh, you would probably know the name better than I would. What was it? The Greatest Adventures? Right, 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 right. Found that tape. Uh, was inspired to make a website since I made websites for everything that caught my attention in December 1995. Um, and for some reason, people found it. And I just kept getting emails with, you know, lists of characters and, and episode guides, uh, photos. And I just kind of aggregated what people sent me. And it wound up just exploding into this enormous community that's still around today. So what would be, like, some of your favorite memories from, like, back in the day when we had the mailing list going on and everything like that? The same kind of interpersonal drama I'm experiencing here in Chicago. Nice. If you can think back, what would you say is your, probably your favorite He-Man episode? I would say Secret of the Sword. Not Secret of the Sword. Why do I keep saying Secret of the Sword? The problem with power. It's something alliterative. Um, but you don't like that episode. No, I'm not, not a big fan. I've had conversations with Bust, the, the Busta Tunes. The Busta Tunes. And now I'm having conversations about it with The Adam Tyner. Well, I haven't seen it in like four years. so. <laughs> well, well, we'll forgive you on that. So are all the crazy He-Man fans, you're getting along with them? They scaring you a bit? I don't know what my expectations were, but it wound up being much, much, much better than I ever thought it could be. So overall, positive experience coming to Wizard World? Yes. Uh, absolutely insane. It's, it's, not even, it's not even one of those things where it's like, oh, those people were, were very nice. I had, a, I had a very pleasant time. No. They're just nutballs. <laughs> All right, man. And I want to use something much more vulgar than nutballs, but I'm not sure what the rating... Yeah, we're a G-rated podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with us, Adam. Word. All right, thanks again for everyone who came up and talked to us, or I stalked them so that they would talk to me on, <laughs> on, for Master's Cast. And um, I, I, um, I hope the few people that got a bonus t-shirt enjoy them.
because I know I enjoyed the t-shirt. <laughs> yes, indeed. So I guess it's time to say goodbye. And this is when I would cry when Mr. Rogers' uh, <laughs> neighborhood was on. Didn't he like, you knew when it was time to go, he started like singing a song. Oh, and-, and he only wore the pink sweater once. <laughs> I watched that show for years waiting for him to put back on the pink sweater and he never would. <laughs> I'm still traumatized. You know, I've met Mr. McFeely. Have you now? I met him. Yes, I did. I just thought I'd throw that out there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening, everyone. We're going to have a couple bloopers for you uh, at the end from Wizard World. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Josh Lioncourt, also known as Lioncourt. And I'm Katie Carty, also known as Rainbow Bright. One, two, three. Good, Good journey. journey. What do you want me to ask you? Why do you like E-Man so much?